Good morning, my friend. Hope you're doing well. I am excited. It is a snowy, icy day here in Nebraska. We have actually had schools closed yesterday. People are slipping and falling everywhere. It's one of those ice storms where you just can't get any footing. It's just a coat of ice, and then on top of that, a bunch of snow. And it's a winter wonderland here on the river. We've been watching the geese and all the wildlife try to figure out how to deal with it. And I'm so grateful that God allowed humans to live inside. I think Harvey and Lewis are grateful too. <laughs> Listen, uh, today's Friday. We've been doing Friday conversations, which you really have supported. And the downloads are going crazy. We've gone from, you know, a year ago I did an episode about how, or two years ago I did an episode about how I hope to eventually get to 20,000 downloads a month. And then we were at 30 and then we were at 40 and now we're at 60 and, and we're eventually going to get to that 100,000 episode a month uh, plateau that I've been working for. And I'm so grateful that you're helping get the message out because I think that people learning how to do self-brain surgery and learning how to focus on the positive and try to find the, the hope, the light, the, the abundance that Jesus promised us is so important. And I'm grateful for you. Listen, if you came to discover my podcast or my newsletter from the Substack network, um, I would love to hear from you. We're getting 10 to 15 signups a day, um, for the newsletter from Substack. An exciting source of uh, new people for us because um, until we moved over to Substack, we'd never been in a network of other writers before. So if you came from Substack, I'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment on the episode uh, if you're listening on the Substack app or email me, Lee, at drleewarren.com. Or even better, we could hear your voice. Send a voicemail, speakpipe.com slash drleewarren. Let us know who you are, where you're from, how you found us. Um, we would love to hear from you. Listen, today we're going to have a conversation with Paul Balash. I recorded way back in 2020. Um, 2020, of course, was a global pandemic, and we were all isolated, and there was a lot of crazy things going on, but it was a gold mine for podcasters because everybody was home. And so I, I sent so many emails and reached out to artists and writers and speakers and scientists and Air Force Thunderbird pilots, and, and everybody was like, yeah, i got 30 minutes. I'll talk to you. So we had all these conversations with amazing people, and Paul Balash was one of my uh, favorites, of course. Tommy Walker and Paul Belash are my two favorite worship artists of all time. And since we're at the end of the year and I told you we're going to do, uh, I'm going to give you my top five worship albums or artists of all time. Paul Belash has to be on there. And one of my favorite Paul Belash albums that I think might have been one of the most perfectly crafted worship albums of all time was his last album, Behold Him. Now, I'm going to give you Paul Balash's song, Behold Him, as a way to start just your morning if you're having quiet time or if you want to do a little a few minutes of meditation and prayer and worship. Before we get to the interview, I'm going to give you his song, Behold Him. My favorite version of that was recorded live with a bunch of college students in Oregon. It's just a beautiful um, live version of that song, Behold Him. So we're going to play that song, and then I'm going to play the interview. Uh, the conversation that we have with Paul is a just kind of a beautiful conversation about worship, what worship can do for you no matter what you're going through, and I think it'll be incredibly helpful. And at the end, I'm going to play two songs, how he finished the Behold Him album with two songs um, that I think t together just made the 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 perfect ending to a worship song because it almost felt like it's what we're going to be doing in heaven for you know for all of eternity we're going to be singing and worshiping and, and if you think about it what revelation says about what heaven's going to be like we're going to be spending our time giving praise and worship to the lord and his last two songs how faithful and a million years are just the perfect walk off two song finish to a worship album and his last the last line of the album just leaves you in this state of knowing that no matter what's happening, 
everything in the perspective of why we're created and what we're created for and where we're going and the hope that we have in him. This resets everything. This is a beautiful example of self-brain surgery. You worship and focus on something that's true, grab onto some of God's promises and hold on tight no matter what comes in life. And even in a million years, it's going to be okay. So I'm going to give you these two songs in a row at the end, How Faithful in a Million Years. This is a long episode, so you can break it up into as many parts as you want to, or you can sit and work out or you know get on the treadmill and work out and, and do it all at once. But we got a great, wonderful conversation with Paul Balash. I really hope to have him back on the show show again someday um we'll try to work that out but but this was one of my favorite friday conversations of all time and i think it'll help you even though we talk a little bit about the pandemic and all that you can plug in anything that you're going through and this will be relevant to you so here's paul balash um, the conversation that we had in 2020 before that here's the song behold him and at the end the two song walk off finish of how faithful in a million years for you my friend listen whatever you're going through worship can make you well it can, but you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. And you can, the, one of the best things you can do to start today is to spend a few minutes at the start of your day beholding Him. Let's let Paul tell us how. He was before there was light Walked across the pages of time he who made every living thing, behold him. He who heard humanity's cry, left his throne to wake as a child. He became like the least of us, behold him. Jesus, Son of God.
Hey, my friend. I am so glad to have you with me today. I'm really excited to be bringing you this episode. Um, I've got Paul Balash with me today. Now, if you don't know Paul's name, Paul Balash has, without any hyperbole, he has written hundreds of worship songs that the church uh, uses all over the world. The churches all over the world worship with Paul Balash songs every week. If you don't know his name, you almost certainly have sung some of his songs if you're in a contemporary Christian church and you've been worshiping in the last 20, 25, 30 years, you certainly have used uh, some of his songs in worship. He's written songs like Open the Eyes of My Heart, Above All, Hosanna, Your Name. I became familiar with his music um, way back uh, when I was leading worship uh, at the Oak Hills Church in San Antonio you know, in the early 2000s, um, back when Lisa and I um, were both on the worship team back there. Um, and above all, and uh, open the eyes of my heart were two staples in our worship ministry back then. And when I went to Iraq, I led worship uh, with the team in the chapel while we got mortared. And one of the songs we were always singing was "Above All." We would we would worship uh, while we were literally being mortared. And um, Paul Balash's songs were there with us. Um, there's another songwriter named Tommy Walker who uh, we used to do a medley of one of Tommy's songs called When All Is Said and Done, and we would blend that into Paul Balash's song, Above All, and we would just worship over that. Um, and the soldiers and the sailors and Marines and, and Air Force members just really resonated um, with Paul's music and Tommy's music. And um, both of those guys uh, are have agreed to be on the podcast. But today we've got Paul Balash, and I just can't, honestly can't think of a songwriter that has impacted the global church more than Paul. Um, he's won three Dove Awards. He travels all over the world. He helps uh, lead worship, but also equipping musicians to worship through leadworship.com. And Lisa and I used to use his resources to train our uh, musicians back in Alabama when we led worship there. So I've been worshiping and using and learning from and studying under Paul Balash for 20 years. Um, and although he didn't know it, he has had a huge impact uh, on us, um, on our churches, and on the church worldwide, um, just a remarkable guy, and I'm so glad to have him with us today. His wife, Rita, is a songwriter in her own right, a wonderful musician, and they uh, led worship in Lindale, Texas for 25 years. They've raised their family there, and now they live in New York City, um, and just uh, reached out to Paul through Twitter, and we connected, and he graciously agreed to be on the on the show today. And I think it's going to bless you, because when we talk about um, isolation and anxiety and fear and all the things that we're all feeling right now, the best way to deal with that is to focus on something outside of yourself. And there's nothing better to focus on when you're stressed than worshiping the God who saved you. And Paul's songs all relate to worship and to just acknowledging who God is and, and how big and great and strong he is and how we can rest in that and trust that. And we had a wonderful conversation that is really going to bless you. And he also agreed to let me play some of his music uh, throughout the episode. So you're going to get a little special treat today. You get to know Paul Balash, who really is the songwriter of the contemporary church. Um, uh, he and Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and all those guys um, have been writing songs that you've been singing in church uh, for years. And today we have Paul Balash, and I'm just beside myself with excitement to bring this to you. Before we get started, I ask Paul to pray for us. So let's pray. And we just pray that whatever words we speak would be an encouragement to those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. Amen. So we ask your blessing on this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity for Paul and I to connect and for this technology that's allowing so many people to stay connected at this time. Um, pray your blessings on Paul and Rita and the work that they're doing and, and all the folks in New York and New Jersey and the real uh, impacted areas uh, with this situation and that you'll keep them safe and um, and just get us through this time, Father, and turn beauty, uh, make beauty from ashes uh, out of this and let us uh, emerge from this crisis stronger and, and better and more focused on you than ever before. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Paul. Hey, listen, friend, no matter what you're going through, worship makes you well, and there's no better way to get out of a funk of being isolated than to worship. we got Paul Balash with us today via Zoom, and he is going to help us start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, folks, we're back with uh, a very special guest today. Um, I'm excited about uh, having Paul Balash, uh, who's been really uh, my worship pastor, so to speak, over the years, and uh, we're really grateful that Paul's here. Paul, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Great yeah. Great to be here. Don't call me doctor, man. I'm not that. Uh, it's just Lee okay, today. Okay. Well, I always start there, <laughs> and then I wait for a doctor to say what you just said. So, That's okay, right. Lee. That's great. Um, thank you for, you know, we connected uh, on Twitter, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I just stuck it out there. Hey, would you uh, be willing to be on the podcast? And you uh, graciously agreed to be with us today. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Hey, Paul, tell us, uh, tell us your background, how you got into music and worship and the things that you and Rita have done over the years. <laughs> In 30 words or less. <laughs> Glad we have a little bit of time. Um, try to give the short version. I was born right outside of Philadelphia, basically Philadelphia and Camden, New Jersey. So yeah, South Jersey and, uh, it was the only Catholic hospital. And of course, before, well, long before I knew Rita, she was born in that same hospital as well. Wow. And uh, so, you know, about 10 minutes from downtown Philly, we grew up, you know, right just across the bridge, the Benjamin Franklin Bridge. And uh, grew up in a pretty sincere Catholic home, um, was an altar boy, went to Catholic school. My, my folks, uh, you know, our, our lives really centered around the church quite a bit. And that was great. You know, it was great. And we were like four blocks. So I'd ride my bike to school every day or walk back and forth. It was just a, a great small town, USA childhood. Um, really, really grateful. You know, the older you get, you look back and just go, wow, I was, I was pretty fortunate. That yeah. Whatever a normal childhood is, I was yeah. really, really thankful. But uh, around seventh, eighth grade, yeah, they would once in a while have a, 
someone in, in mass at the Catholic church play a guitar. It was like a guitar mass, they called it. Yeah. And that was intriguing to me because I was the youngest of four and our house was filled with music. My oldest brother had a band and we had so many albums, all the Beatles and, you know, the early Chicago albums. And I mean, you name it, it was a massive record collection and I would go to sleep every night with an album on. Started playing guitar seventh, eighth grade in high school, started forming bands. We would practice down our basement and, you know, five nights a week, God bless our neighbors and my parents. I don't know how they put up with it. We, yeah. You know, a little six foot ceiling. We had B3 organ, Marshall wow. amps, drums. It must, it was just insane. I mean, that's awesome. Um, but uh, eventually by the last, uh, by my senior year in high school, got into a band that was really good. These guys were kind of in their late twenties, which is pretty old when you're 18 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and I had I owned the PA system. I had guitars. All my paper route money. I had two or three paper routes. I had I worked a bunch of different jobs. So yeah. I was um, glad to be part of this band. We played at the Jersey Shore um, five nights a week. Wow. It was from we played from ten o'clock to four in the morning. And I thought that was it. How, this is what I've always wanted to do. I'm an 18 year old kid, man. We're playing rock and roll. This is yeah. awesome. This is amazing. And yet the guys I was in a band with were really into starting to get into drugs and some pretty hard drugs mm. and all that whole scene. It was, you know, bad scene, early eighties. So yeah. uh, long story short, I just started, I didn't know where else to go, but I began to feel halfway through that summer, like a real disillusionment. Yeah. And I thought, man, I, man, I, I know better. Like this just isn't right. I don't, I don't like, so I'd go to the 12 o'clock mass, you know, sit in the back pew. That's all I knew. But yeah. I feel like God heard my heart and, um, wasn't long after that I started running into people that talked about Jesus like he was real. And that was a really unique thing for me. I'd never heard anyone read their Bible or talk about the Lord like these people were talking about him right. and a relationship and and I began to become friends with them and then uh it was <laughs> and then I went to one of these weekend conferences with them. And long story short, there was a band there and they were playing music. I don't remember, but it was kind of like hymns meet rock and roll. Kind right. of. Yeah. And just the fact that there was drums and guitars, but they were singing about God was such a mystery to me. Like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. And I, God just used that and opened my heart and they gave an invitation. And I gave my life to the Lord and it was a real born again experience. And wow. It was a real came back from that weekend. My older brother was with me there as well and a few friends. And so we came back and man, it's been ever since then. So I found this Christian radio station on an AM in uh, an AM station in Philadelphia. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool music. And it's about God. Like where, who's doing that? Where do you find that? And so long story short, I realized in Southern California, there was people out there doing this kind of thing. And I moved out there as a single guy. And I had met my wife one or two times, um, in the Jersey area. And we were just, I, she was a, like a Joni Mitchell clone. Yeah. She played guitar and all these weird open tunings and she was writing country music, but then she also had a born again experience. So we were just platonic friends and like, Hey, that's awesome. I know Jesus is real. Right. And that kind of thing. We, we had that in common. Then I moved to California started the Lord just direct, man, I just met all these different artists. It was just a God thing. 
um, Kelly Willard, uh, a lot of the early Maranatha music, yeah. uh, some of the early, that was before integrity music, but, um, then through Kelly. So I did also a year of school. I did a, um, a commercial music school for one year, arranging and songwriting. And that was really a good season. And then Dan and Kelly moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I helped them move and I stayed with a guy named Lenny LeBlanc who yeah. I had heard of. And he was yeah. a, you know, he was a guy that traveled with Leonard Skinner back in the day and he had had a born again experience. And now he was doing this Christian music and yeah. air quotes. Those of you can't see him, see me, but I'm yeah. doing air quotes. Um, this Christian music. I'd never heard this, but wow. Lenny was just such a humble, transparent uh, guy that just was such a good role model. And I played electric guitar with him and his band. And we did some, some prisons and some high school assembly things like kind of a no drugs kind of thing. And uh, did that for about six months, moved back to Jersey, got married to Rita all this time. Rita and I were communicating back and forth, back and forth. She was, we got married. We were there maybe a year, and then we moved to Last Days Ministries, which was uh, Keith Green. Yeah, Keith and Melody Green started that years ago, and by the time we moved there, Keith was gone. That plane crash had happened, yeah. but Melody, we ended up staying in Keith and Melody's motor home for a few months, oh. and then we graduated to a mobile home. <laughs> there was about I don't know thirty mobile homes on this property, wow. and it was called Last Days Ministries. Wow. And, uh, boy, again, there's all these, I'm trying to make this short, but right. you know, bands like second chapter of acts and Dallas home, um, harvest, like you can Google these names. If anybody's listening, you may be thinking like, who are they? Yeah. Second chapter of acts were like, I don't know who would you, they were like the, the casting crowns of, yeah. This is the the beginning of contemporary Christian music, really. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Keith Green, second chapter of Acts, um, Dallas Holm, H-O-L-M. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we ended up staying there for 25 years. I started just wow. playing guitar in the local church there a bit on Sundays. And then within a few months, the pastor encouraged me to, won't you come lead us in a few songs? And that was Lindale, Texas? Is that? Lindale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And little did I know, we'd, we'd stay in that same church, in that same neighborhood for 20, 26 years, actually. Yep. Wow. And you ended up being the worship pastor and, and all of that for that church, right? Right. Right. And of course, I wasn't like some experienced worship pastor, but I learned everything just by being around this community of people that were so authentic and in their pursuit of the Lord. Right. Uh, there was a big YWAM, Youth with a Mission Base. Right. And all those all those people came to our church on Sunday. There was a big uh, David Wilkerson called Teen Challenge and World Challenge. They all came to our church on Sundays. Wow. Mercy Ships. Yeah. You might be familiar with Mercy Ships. Yeah. Um, their ministry was literally right next to our church. So all their staff would come to our church. So really our Sunday gatherings were filled with, gosh, at least half of our church were almost full-time mission type people. Wow. And they were just prayerful people. And it was just an amazing environment to be in, to lead worship in. There was a lot of freedom. We could linger if we wanted to on a Sunday morning. And then that's where songwriting began to happen for me, where maybe just a prayerful idea, a prayerful thought. I mean, one of the early songs that came from that was Open the Eyes of My Heart. Right. 
which was not a sit down and try to write a song. It was actually just a phrase. Of course, it's from Ephesians 1.18, but just, you know, we, we in between songs, we'd linger a little bit on a chord and just play that chord. And then maybe that little idea come to mind, hey, guys, let's just sing this prayer. There were this, this line back to the Lord, open the eyes, my heart, Lord. We want to see you. Well, let's just sing it again. Open the eyes. Yeah. So, so many of songs were birthed in those moments of prayer and worship, and uh, like you get a beginning of a song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shine. How did that go from from being a, a kind of a local thing to you getting into like to to starting to have it be part of how you earned your living a commercial um, opportunity and a success and more worldwide exposure? Where did that evolution occur? Well, um, the keyboard player at the church he was a classical background guy with a masters in piano, and I was just. Uh, rock and roll guitar background. Yeah. So it was interesting that we would, we just decided, Hey, why don't we go get a loan? We're both living in mobile homes, went to a bank. We got a 16 track reel to reel recorder and it was $5,000 and it required wow. both of us to take out a loan. Wow. And we put it up at the church in that little back room. And we just said to each other, Hey, why don't we meet a couple times a week as often as we can? How about this next week? What's that? A Tuesday. Okay, cool. I can do Wednesday. Good. And we would meet there and we just prayerfully made a commitment to the Lord. We're going to, we're going to write songs for our church. Wow. And so we began to write songs. I remember when pastor was praying about that or teaching about that two weeks ago, here's a neat song idea. Let's work on this. And so long story short, we wrote and demoed maybe, you know, 30, 40 songs. And, uh, and after about a year, I'm just trying to write for a church. A guy from Integrity Music came through town and he was teaching at the YWAM school. Right. And came to our church on that Sunday morning just to sort of, because while he was there and I led worship and I used one of the songs that we had written and uh, he came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I really like that song. Is that one of yours? Do you have any other songs? I'm like, well, actually, yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. There's like, you know, here's, here's 40 demos. And he's like, wow, okay, well. <laughs> So that was it. I didn't know what would happen. But a few months later, he called me back and said, um, hey, we'd like to fly you out here to Mobile, Alabama and meet our staff. And would you be open to maybe doing a live worship project with us sometime? I was like, cool. oh, my goodness. I mean, it was just not even something I had faith to aspire to, to be quite honest, when I was at the church. I was so used to being a guitar player for other people, you know, right, like right. LeBlanc and Kelly Willard, these talented people that I just looked up to and now I'm going to get to do this. So they all rallied around me and Lenny and Kelly and they were like, Hey, we'll get in there. We'll help you. We'll sing 
they sang background vocals and our first album was called he is faithful that we recorded live at the uh, dallas convention center wow and i uh, had a couple of my wife's songs my wife was really there a primary songwriter in the early days yeah. um what was her her first song was uh I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord, sing yeah. to the Lord, a new song. Yeah. I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord, sing to the Lord, a new song. I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord, sing to the Lord, a new so that was an amazing experience. And then after that, Don Moen yeah. offered me an opportunity and the keyboard player, a chance to write with them, to be an exclusive songwriter with them, and <clears throat> which simply meant that every month they would send me a check for $800 <laughs> as an advance. Well, for me, I was like, un- incomprehensible, like, incomprehensible, like, wait, you're going you're gonna to pay me $800 a month to write worship songs? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like I would do it for free. Like, yeah. So that was the beginning. And it was just, uh, the, the contract said 12 viable songs a year. We were like, man, we're going to write 12 songs a month. Yeah. We need 12 a year. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so we just got after it and the Lord blessed us with ideas. And we just, you know, we just tried to take any idea and anything that came along, we would just meet at the church and we wrote, mm-hmm not an exaggeration, probably 200 songs in, in within two or three years and wow. like wrote and demoed. And I'm talking demos that had background vocals and yeah. electric guitar and, you know, so, and then all of a sudden integrity music started growing and they had artists, a lot of that didn't write their own songs. So guys like Ron Cannoli, right. For example, um, we got to write songs for him, sing out. The Lord is near, build yeah. him a temple here. Yeah. And that was super fun, writing songs for Don Moen, for Bob Fitz, a lot of artists who would write, you know, they wrote a few of their own songs, but then they needed more in order to complete an album. So that was a really fruitful time to, to serve others, to write songs for others. Uh, Paul Wilbur, a messianic, yeah. uh, you know, he does more messianic worship. And so I wrote a song called Praise Adonai Yeah, yeah. that he did. And, and, you know, that became one of his, you know, one of his songs that he just used around the world. And Yeah. Lisa and I led that song a million times in our church in Alabama. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Who is like him, the lion and the lamb? the throne Mountains bow down Every ocean roars To the Lord of hosts Praise Adonai From the rising of the sun To the end of every day Praise Adonai All the nations of the earth you were from Alabama. Well, we lived in Auburn for 11 years, and then we moved okay. to Wyoming after that. So, Well, then you know where um, Muscle Shoals, Alabama Oh, yeah. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Birth of the Blues, man. Yeah. 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 
So um, at, at some point, one, one thing that I've, I've always appreciated about you, and you know, there's, there's sort of contemporary Christian music, and then there's sort of worship music, and then there's people that are kind of in between. Um, and for the listeners out there who don't really listen to Christian music, I would say the difference is contemporary Christian music really is music that uplifts you and inspires you and points you towards God. Worship music is music that leads you to actually worshiping the Lord, and those are different, and they, they feel different, and they, they, they mean different things. Um, and one thing about your music is it's always focused on worship. Um, and it's also, you've over the years, you've had this pastor's heart where you've been equipping and educating people on how to lead worship, uh, which is one of, that's the name of one of your organizations, right? Lead Worship. Um, Leadworship.com is our, our main website. And, and uh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. It started with, uh, can I tell you, the, the humble beginnings of that. Yeah, please. Well, you know, just to make ends meet, I was doing guitar lessons back in the early days. We're in this little mobile home, and the church said, well, we can't really pay you, but we'll give you like $50 a week. If, and we're like, hey, awesome. And you can use that room back there. We'll clean out that room where there's a bunch, of, and that can be your office. And that, you know, of course, became our, that's where we set up our little studio eventually. Right. But um but yeah, because of doing guitar lessons, then occasionally like Youth with a Mission would have a uh, school of worship or a yeah. week of worship and some worship leaders would come in and they'd say, hey, Paul, can you do some guitar classes? Can you do this? So long story short, as I started to do more of that teaching, I always had this feeling of like, oh, I wish I could, you know, all we had was two hours together. Now I have to go and I wish I could just give you like a VHS tape with, you right. know, two hours of if I spent six months with you, this is what I would want you to get to grasp. Right. So I thought eventually after saying that a few times, like, well, maybe I'll do that. And so I went back and found these two camera guys. I guess, well, you put your camera on this, then on the neck and you put your guitar or your camera on this part. And anyway, I did a two hour guitar video with a really cheesy cover. If you Google it, (laughs) it was called contemporary praise and worship guitar, Paul Balash. The image is hilarious because I, I took it so serious. I'm like in the clouds with a guitar. Yeah. And, um, but it was, you know, don't despise small beginnings. Then I That's did a right. volume two. And then people, right about then is when the internet was was just starting to come about. And so um, people around the world would like order these videotapes. And, yeah. um, you know, so here we were, like a mom and pop ministry. We're like stuffing envelopes and mailing them out to people and Singapore and Korea. And, wow. And as it started to grow and then DVDs came along, I started thinking, well, I recognize worship bands struggle with not just guitar, but they could maybe use some some help on uh, worship vocals. Like how do you right. get a good vocal sound? How do you get a good blend, how, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, music styles. How do you, you know, we did a whole thing on music styles where you take one song and run it through different styles. Right, uh, right. Songwriting, you know, uh, how do you begin to take a little idea and run it through the craft of songwriting and to, to possibly write something that others can sing right. as well, you know? So those were really beautiful years of just trying to yeah. brainstorm and we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a plan or a roadmap. It was just like, yeah, let's do a video about this. This might help somebody. Yeah. And, you know, before you know, it, we had 10 titles, DVD titles and we're shipping yeah you know, hundreds of these DVDs around the yeah. world. And- yeah. We used them in Alabama to train. We had a little startup church for a couple of years and, um, we, we trained a lot of musicians and singers with your resources. So you, you, you really helped us. So thank you. 
wow. for that. Wow. So, um, the other, and you wrote a book too along the way about how to write worship songs. So it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a yeah. useful tool for a lot of folks. Um, and the other thing I've appreciated about you, Paul, is that you've always um, you've written with and helped bring along a lot of younger songwriters and artists. Um, I mean, everybody that is out there, Brenton Brown, and um, I can think of all sons and daughters that we found out about through you and some of your music. And um, who else? Uh, Glenn Packham. Uh, you wrote your your name with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've always had that start where you, was it just a return the favor kind of thing where people helped you and you wanted to help other people or how'd that come about? You know, it came about, um, I think, you know, I, I mentioned that this keyboard player, Ed Carr, him and I would write all these songs together. So even back in the day, this co-writing, the dynamic of co-writing is a beautiful thing in that you walk into a room with another person that you respect musically and spiritually and right. you, you've carved out two or three hours and maybe you have a couple ideas or may hopefully they bring a couple ideas they believe in. And after you kind of pour your coffee and you pray and open the Bible, then it's like, well, you got something that you feel strong about and just the dynamic of going back and forth and working, collaborating is such a beautiful experience because the worst that can happen at the very worst you've just spent you know even if you don't finish a song you've at least spent two or three hours talking about the lord scripture diving into scripture going back and forth trying to creatively create this thing that might help others worship right so um it was just a natural progression of as i begin to make friendships or relationships or you'd be at a conference and you meet this uh, next, especially next generation people. A lot of them you were mentioning, like Brenton and Glenn, all sons and daughters. And I think that has also helped me a lot in hindsight, trying to keep me on my toes and keep me sharp. I think every every writer can kind of fall into their ruts um, or fall into the same old patterns. Right. So co-writing is a as a way to kind of shake that up a little bit. Maybe I sort of go here, and they say, "No, no. What if we went?" what if we said this instead? Or, you know, what if the melody was more like da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Great. Great. That's good. Yeah. So I pretty much have been co-writing almost nonstop for the last, you know, 15 years. And this new album is no exception. The new album is every song was co-written. Yeah. Behold him. With, it's the new project. Yeah. Yeah. Behold him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about that, where it came from and, well, even Behold Him, it was co-written with a guy, Mitch Wong, mm-hmm. who I've never met in person. Really? That's just, think about that. Yeah. We, long before coronavirus sort of forced us to do Skype and Zoom. Right. Um, him and I, he, he's from Australia. He's a keyboard player with Planet Shakers. Yeah. And there I was in my apartment in New York City, and we Skyped. Somebody kind of set this up. And integrity, they were like, hey, there's this guy. He's a good young guy coming along. He's a good writer. Would you want to set up an appointment and write? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that song, of course, is from uh, well, Behold Him. You know, we, we all know the scripture in Psalm 46 that says, uh, Be still and know that I am God. He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him 
heard humanity's cry Left his throne to wake as a child He became like the least of us Behold him Jesus, Son of God, Messiah The Lamb, the roaring lion Oh, be still Behold him That's something that's happening right now in our world, in our culture, and in our own psyche right we're yeah. we're having we're being forced to like grind to us to a halt and yeah. it feels unnatural but there the bible there it was the the psalmist thousands of years ago just the lord saying to us be still stop stop be still and know that i am god i am sovereign i am in control and what, what a reminder for all of us that we think we're in control and then all it takes is for a pandemic to come along. We realize, wow, I'm, I'm not, there's not as much control as I thought I had. That's right. So, uh, yeah, behold him. Oh, be still and behold him. So it's not just being still because we can be still and just sort of uh, like Buddhism, like just blank your thoughts out. Right, right. But I think it's important, like we're, we're be still, but then behold him, like fix your eyes on Jesus. Right. Set your mind on things above, you know, just all those scriptures that, were, that tell us to keep um, renewing our minds, um, fixing our eyes, setting our hearts, set, our, set your affections on things above. You right. Know? That's beautiful. Hey, um, what you said just a minute ago about how it's not just beholding him, it be, it's not just being still, rather, but there's there's a, a component beyond that that elevates us to a different place. Um, I read a book uh, not long ago called 10% Happier. Uh, have you heard of that? Um, yeah. It was a, an ABC, ABC news anchor. anchor yeah, yeah, had yeah, a nervous yeah. breakdown on camera uh-huh. and kind of went crazy, uh-huh. and he, he learned about Eastern meditation, right? Uh-huh. And he... He's not a religious guy. He stripped all the sort of spiritual elements out of meditation, and he said, you know, doing that calmed my mind enough that I could be about 10% happier, and it, it was enough for him. And so um, actually the next book I'm writing is called Infinitely Happier, and the, and the idea is if you add worship and you add spirit to that calming your mind, you don't have to settle for 10% happier. That, that your whole life can be happier because that's how we're, we're made to be still and know our creator. And yeah. that gets you beyond just, just thinking better thoughts to living your life that your spirit is designed for. I wanted, I sent you an email a few minutes ago. Did you see it yet? A picture that I sent you? Um, yeah, it was a pastor. It was a pastor singing above all somewhere. Yeah. Right? That was in Iraq. So, um, Back in uh, the first time I really connected with your music um, was on the worship team way back in 2003 and four at uh, Oak Hills Church in San Antonio. Um, and when I went, was deployed, I was in the Air Force and I was deployed to Iraq uh, as a combat neurosurgeon in 2005. We did uh, 200 brain surgeries in a tent hospital and got mortared every day and all of that. But um, what we did when we weren't working was worship and we had a chapel and, and we put a little worship band together and, and had people from all over 
playing music together. And that picture that I sent you was a, a guy named Andre Williams, who was an army captain, and he was playing the piano, and we were singing above all uh, mm. way back then. So your music has some impact that you don't you know, even know about. Um, mm. And the beautiful part of that story um, is we would, we would start worshiping, um, and these soldiers would come in, and you could see them as they entered and they had their guns and their body armor and their helmets and they were stressed and they'd been outside the wire. And, and then as we worshiped, you would see them set their weapon down and then take their armor off and then take their helmet off. And then they would start to hold their hands up and start to worship. And you could just see them relax and, and, and come into the, the moment before the father. And, and, uh, and you just had a, you had a big part of that. So thank you for that. Wow. Beautiful. Praise God. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your, your sacrificial service and imagine literally working on brains. You know, we, we know that music has an impact on the brain and the heart and our nervous system, et cetera. Um, but you also imagine that, that you are literally working on brain matter. Like yeah. it just, that's fascinating. I want to, I want to turn this around and make the podcast. I want to ask you about 50 questions. We can do that. We can do whatever you want. <laughs> I was thinking about people who, when we're all stuck inside and we're isolated and, and we're, and we're stripped of our normal routines, right? People start feeling um, anxious and they start feeling afraid or maybe depressed. And and sometimes those, those feelings are really troublesome to us until we understand what they are. So if you, if you're feeling, you know, fatigued and worried and you're not sleeping well and you realize that you're depressed or you realize that you're anxious, once you name that thing, you can know it. Right. Yeah. So understanding what it is that you're feeling helps you understand how to deal with that thing. And it occurred to me that that's the same thing about Jesus. Like once you start naming him, he's your prince of peace. He's your source of yeah. power. He's your redeemer. He's your forgiver. He's your yeah. savior. You can know him. And then it, I thought, well, gosh, that's that's kind of like some of the songs that Paul's written above all. And your name are two examples of that. To talk, talk for a second about how you came to write these songs about who Jesus is and what that means to you. And maybe that'll bless people and inspire them a little bit today. Well, the, every song starts with that inspired idea, right. you know, so you, you typically won't get a song from beginning to end just, just like that. Right. But it starts either by being in the word. So your name, I was just noodling on the guitar, actually a piano. I was in B key of B flat, in fact. And, uh, I was with Glenn and he was just, we just said, why don't we just spend some time reading scripture out loud? I often like, like to do that and then have right. a, you know, while I'm on my instrument, either guitar or piano, just so that I kind of have a key center there and he's kind of reading scripture. And then he, as he's reading Psalm 68, I think it was, it said, as morning dawns and evening fades, you bring forth songs of praise. Right. And I just remember, hey, say, say that again, Glenn. Just say it again. As morning dawns and evening fades, da, 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 and I'm kind of playing that chord. And I said, man, that that sounds like the beginning of a song, doesn't it? Like, as morning dawns and evening fades, you bring forth. You know, later we change it. You inspire. inspire. Yeah. Songs of praise. Da, 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 da. Da, da. You don't always get all the words right away, but right. you go with that feeling. Yeah. Da, 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 your name, something like that. And he looked at me, we were excited. I'm thinking, your name, um, your name, like some uh, Proverbs 18, like the name of the Lord is strong a strong tower. So, tower. Yeah. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. 
your name is a shelter. you know is a refuge is a shelter is a you know so then you just begin writing yeah. furiously right yeah and then that's how that song came about as morning dawns and evening fades you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no Sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to save But your name And you know, above all, same thing I just would carve out time I remember that being alone in my church sanctuary at the piano And I opened up my journal that has a bunch of song title ideas And first line possibilities And Spend a few minutes just trying to worship the Lord and get my heart in the right posture. And then I look at that, that, that title just jumped out at me above all. And I remember just asking myself, like, what, what could I say about the Lord or to the Lord with that? Like that phrase, like, Lord, you're above all kingdoms. You're above all wealth. You're above all treasures. Um, you're above all the seven wonders of the world, above yeah. all wonders, above all, you know. And so he had just started writing down these yeah. things in this sort of prayerful attitude. You know, it's a prayerful attitude just at the piano and just that whole first verse kind of came like like within an hour or so. Wow. And I had a completely different chorus to it that we sang at our church for a year and uh, I ended up Every time we would sing it, I'd think, yeah, that's not, I don't, I think there's a better chorus. So I took it off and I, I ended up getting together with Lenny LeBlanc a few yeah. months later and threw out some song ideas we were co-writing and trying to. And I said, you know, there is this idea. I'm not even going to play the chorus, but let me just play the part I believe in and let's see if it's kind of stirs anything. Right. And uh, so we ended up finishing that together. Above all wealth, 
and treasures of the earth. There's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone, you live to die, rejected and Was that your the first song that um, got really big commercial success? Michael W. Smith recorded that, right? He did. He did. Um, I mean, maybe "Open the Eyes of My Heart." Probably yeah, before that. Yeah, first before that, and uh, it's funny you wouldn't know it now, but like "Sing Out" was a big song back then for Ron Canoli. Yeah, some of the songs we wrote were were kind of bigger. But for other other artists, yeah, other artists or worship leaders, yeah. yeah. So, well, this is great, Paul. Um, really appreciate you taking some time with us today. I, what so, um, of all the songs that you've written, do you have a favorite? Like, if there's one like Paul Balash song that people should go download, like, do you have one that's like your <laughs> your favorite? It's it's you know, it sounds like a cop out here, but you know, songs they're kind of like your kids. You know, yep. it's hard to have a favorite because there's there's something about each one of your kids that you particularly love and, right. and really enjoy. Um, so it's hard for me to really nail down, you know, I think Hosanna, I still believe in that song. Yeah. I still kind of begin every, you know, last week was Palm Sunday. So we, you know, praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. Yeah. Um, but there's songs on the new record that I'm, I'm really grateful for and happy, happy how they turned out. And hope that they'll encourage and help others kind of find a vocabulary to say, yeah, like the first song on the new album is called What a Good God. Mm-hmm. And just I think like that that verse says, each time I doubt your goodness, you show me you are with us. Your presence makes the difference. I've seen it every time. Yeah. What a good God. You know? Each time I doubt your goodness. message for right now isn't it indeed yeah do you have a favorite um worship song of somebody else's that like is like really hits your heart wow These putting you favorites. on the spot yeah it's always a tough question no no i want <laughs> i don't want to cop out here i'm like uh boy there are so many and it just depends different seasons of your life some songs meant more or mean more to you and right in different seasons so uh i think 
you know, currently build my life is such a beautiful mm-hmm. song and so relevant. It's just a great prayer. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Yeah. Yeah. Worthy only you are worthy yeah. to um, something familiar about it. There's yeah. Something that yeah. feels old school almost to me. Yeah. And then the declaration, I will build my life. You know, just that declaration is a something that we all need to aspire to. Yeah. I've been playing, uh, we've been listening to Behold Him like almost nonstop since it came out. But the other album recently is the, the new Cody Carnes album has mm-hmm. run to the father on it. And, and that's yeah. a, just a great young yeah. up and coming song. Really. Hey, hey Paul, can I turn real quick, ask you, is there a, of a couple of songs off the new album? It sounds weird for me to ask, but I'm just curious to know if you've, since you've listened to the album a few times, is there a couple of songs that kind of stand out to you I, in I your think, heart? I think um, Behold Him itself is one of our favorites. Uh, Lisa and I have been listening and singing that together a lot. And then um, What a Good God, of course, um, bringing me back to life, opening up my eyes. Um, just, I think I tweeted that to you the other day. Um, yeah. Those are probably my two that I've spent the most time with. Um, and all time, I mean, Hosanna, we, we led, we opened probably 200 worship services with Hosanna <laughs> over the years because it's just such a perfect worship song. Um, Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you, we turn to you, hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you, we long for When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away. But you know, all the way back to uh, above all. I mean, we've been we've been just worshiping with you um, in spirit and in truth uh, for twenty years. So, thank you for uh, thank you for all that you do and all that you've done. And do you have a scripture that would help people right now? Maybe get focused or calm down a little bit. Do you have a favorite that you've been in uh, resonating with you lately? Well, um, you know, Psalm forty six. You go there forty six one. Is it? Um, you know, be still and know that I am God. It's yeah. not forty six one. Maybe you can look that up for me. Yeah, stand uh, But I think that's apropos to where we're at right now. Just take a breath, relax, chill, like turn your palms up and just surrender your anxiety, surrender your, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, and oh, what's right. going to happen about this, and what, what if this, and what if that, and what if this. Turn off the TV, turn off the noise for a while, and just – Let's learn to be still, even five minutes of just sitting there quietly breathing and then think of a scripture. So the other scripture I would say that like a bookend would be Ephesians 1.18, where the Apostle Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened 
Yeah. That the eyes of your heart would be open. Yeah. That's a great prayer. Go, go look that up in Ephesians one eighteen. Just be, read it in context. The forty six ten was the other one. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the scripture? Um, May the God of hope fill you with all. Here, here's a scripture in Philippians. This is final. I'll leave you with this in this season of life, right? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's a perfect, that's a perfect way to end. Um, Appreciate your time today, Paul. It's uh, it's really an honor to be with you for a few minutes. God bless you. Yeah. Amazingly. Good to talk well, to you, such Paul. A pleasure. Yeah, brother. Okay, my friend. Say hi to Rita. All and right. We, we love you. All. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Lee. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I love that conversation with Paul Balash, and I'm so glad that we were able to bring that to you today, and that he gave us some of his time. Don't forget... Um, Worship can get you out of whatever kind of mess you're in. If you're stuck in your own head, if you're anxious, if you're afraid, if you're scared, worship is the way to get well, my friend. Read my book, I've Seen the End of You, that you know, really the, the people who are able to handle the hardest things in life are the ones generally who can find hope. Like no matter what's going on, even if you're dying from your brain cancer or you're uh, stuck inside and you're losing your job, the way to get out of that mess emotionally is to worship. So the verse for today is Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. When you're freaked out, when you're in a frenzy, when you're scared, when you're nervous, when you're depressed, when you're sad, the way to handle it is to worship. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. The first part of Psalm 46, the first verse is, God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. He's our refuge. He's our strength. So just turn to something bigger than yourself, the ever-present help of your Lord. And Paul Velasquez's worship music would really help you. I encourage you to go to Apple Music, uh, whatever Spotify, whatever service you use to get your music these days. Um, Most of us don't actually buy CDs anymore, but go find some Paul Balash music. Get to know him, and uh, worshiping will help you get well, whatever you're going through. And don't forget to start today. No matter the waves, no matter the storm, no matter the rain, your peace is sure. No matter the depths, no matter the heights, no matter the weight, your heart is kind. How faithful, how faithful, how faithful, how faithful. You never stop being good, you never stop being true, you never stop holding on to me. You never stop being No matter the doubt, no matter the
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together 
via cell brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.